Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Boy, was he tricked. He was tricked. He figured, I'm safe, but Joab killed him anyway. David ended up having him executed later for being such a troublemaker over that. And so being that Hebron was listed here, I just wanted to give you a quick future reference of the significance of Hebron, of what's coming about. Now that y'all know what refuge cities are for, and and this is something that happened in Hebron, just a quick little thing there about Hebron. Joshua 21 and 20. And the families of the children of Kohath, the Levites, the rest of the children of Kohath, Even they had the cities of their lot from the tribe of Ephraim, for they gave them Shechem with its common land in the mountains of Ephraim, a city of refuge for the slayer. Gezer with its common land, Kibzaim with its common land, and Beth Horon with its common land, four cities, and from the tribe of Dan. Eltike with its common land, Gebethon with its common land, Aijalon with its common land, and Gathrimon with its common land, four cities. And from the half-tribe of Manasseh, Tanakh with its common land, and Gathrimon with its common land, two cities, all the ten cities with their common lands were for the rest of the families of the children of Kohath. Okay, I know that's a lot of information. You're like, okay, yada, yada, come on, let's go. But this is very important because this is God... Get, this is God's command being fulfilled. It's being done. It's all these tribes and all these, these Levite tribes and the, these three branches, they said, we're entitled to this. And the Bible's being very specific that when God says he's going to do something or commands to do something, it should be done and it's going to get done. So that's why it's so much detail here. That does it for the Levite tribe of Kohath. And we see 10 more cities listed, including another refuge city of Shechem. The priestly cities were within the southern kingdom of Judah, where the temple would be built in Jerusalem later. Now Joshua 21 and 27, we're getting there. Also to the children of Gershon, of the families of the Levites, from the other half-tribe of Manasseh, they gave Golan and Bashan with its common land, a city of refuge for the slayers. There's another refuge city. And Beeshtera with its common land, two cities, and from the tribe of Issachar, Kishion with its common land, Deborath with its common land, Jarmuth with its common land, and Enganim with its common land, four cities, and from the tribe of Asher, Mishael with its common land, Abdon with its common land, Helketh with its common land, and Rehob with its common land, four cities, and from the tribe of Naphtali, Kadesh in Galilee, with its common land, a city of refuge for the slayer. Hamath Dor, with its common land, and Kartan, with its common land, three cities. All the cities of the the Gershonites, according to their families, were 13 cities with their common lands. Boy, I'm telling you, when we read line upon line, we read line upon line, don't we? <laughs> We're not skipping nothing, no matter how hard it is for me to pronunciate. So, um, 
So here we have the Levite cities for the Gershonites listed here, and two of their cities are refuge cities, Golan and Kadesh. I've actually been to the Golan area, the, the Golan Heights area, all through there, and it's, it's a great place. Uh, recently, the President of the United States had recognized the Golan Heights area as belonging to Israel, and a lot of people are mad. <laughs> But there it is. It was it was part of what God said to distribute here. Joshua 21 and 34. And to the families of the children of Merari, the rest of the Levites from the tribe of Zebulun, Jokneam with its common land, Karta with its common land, Dimna with its common land, and Nahalel with its common land, four cities. And from the tribe of Reuben, Bezer with its common land, Jahaz with its common land, Kedemoth with its common land, Mephath with its common land, four cities. And from the tribe of Gad, Ramoth and Gilead with its common land, a city of refuge for the slayer. You notice how the Bible's always reminding us of refuge, refuge, refuge. It is easy to get under refuge with God, okay? He's making sure we get that point. A city of refuge for the slayer. Mahanaim with its common land, Heshbon with its common land, and Jazer with its common land, four cities in all. So all the cities for the children of Merari, according to their families, the rest of the families of the Levites were by their lot 12 cities. Okay, so we've gotten a lot of detail here. What we have seen going on here is that the Levites are being scattered out all around the land of Israel. All these cities, all these these refuge cities and along with it, this tribe gave part of their stuff, this tribe gave part of their stuff, they're all over the place. Now, they're being scattered. But So if you recall from past chapters that we've been studying, the Simeonites, if you remember the Simeonites, they were also being scattered, weren't they? They were being scattered around the land, just like the Levites are. And that was because of Jacob's prophecy in Genesis 49 that he gave them, which says this, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in their anger and hamstrung oxen as they pleased. Cursed be their anger so fierce and their fury so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. So here's this prophecy playing out. Both the Simeonites, we already read that, uh, and the Levites are prophesied to be scattered because they ruthlessly killed those Shechemites who were trying to enter a a peace treaty with them. They were trying to make peace with them. and, And they said, okay, we'll make a treaty if you circumcise yourselves as we are. So they did. And while the men were in pain, they went in there and just killed them. And that's why Jacob is so angry. And so they're cursed to be scattered. And so we've seen all the cities the Levites were, were given that we just read through, which were spread all around the land. And so this scattering being stationed in all these cities is how Jacob's prophecy is being fulfilled now for these Levites. It's coming to pass. But the Simeonites were a little different than the Levites. Show that map. If you look down there at the bottom, you can see the tribe of Simeon was inside the tribe of Judah. They were placed within the center of Judah's territory. This would cause the Simeonites to enter, uh, they would integrate into the tribes around them because they're stuck there inside in the middle. Like I said, it was kind of like when you drop a sugar cube into the center of a cup of coffee, that sugar cube is going to dissolve into the coffee and lose its identity as a sugar cube. That's what happened plopping the Simeonites right in the middle of Judah. That was what was going to scatter them. 
It was going to scatter them out. So we know the Simeonites were scattered by being dropped in the middle, but the Levites are being scattered in a very, very different way, aren't they? Because we just read they're stationed in all these cities. And so Jacob's prophecy is being fulfilled for both the Simeonites and the Levites to be scattered. Now, I've got some information. The ding moment's coming. I've got information on what kind of application this can mean here, but let's finish a little bit. Joshua 21 and 41. All the cities of the Levites within the possession of the children of Israel were 48 cities with their common lands. Every one of these cities had its common land surrounding it. Thus were all these cities. The promise is now fulfilled, okay? Verse 43, so the Lord gave to Israel all the land which he had sworn to give their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers, and not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. That's what I like about when God says something. He's going to make it happen. For all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, You can bet on it. It's going to happen. Salvation can be yours. Because when the Lord says it, He binds it. It's not dependent on you. It's dependent on what God said. If God made any of this dependent on man whatsoever, it wouldn't have worked. Because they're not taking all their enemies. They weren't doing everything they were supposed to do. God made it all come to pass. That's very good. So it says, all came to pass. When God promises, God delivers. When God promises, God delivers. As a matter of fact, he told Abraham way back before this time in Genesis 15 and 18. He said, to your descendants, I have given this land. To your descendants, I have given this land. Did he not tell them, I'm going to give it to you? All right, are there now, Joshua 21, we're here. Basically, what I said is going to happen, happened. So again, if you have called upon the name of the Lord, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that's a promise God made with you. You had no say in it. God established this, and I'm so thankful that it's based on his power, not mine. I would have ruined it. But anyway, he says to your descendants, I've given this land. And God later confirmed that promise again to Abraham's son, Isaac, in Genesis 26. God confirmed the promise yet again to Isaac's son in Genesis 28. He's telling them, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so the Israelites have taken the land. And these prophecies of scattering are also being fulfilled too. Not only are they getting the land, but the scattering prophecies are coming in as well. But now I want us to view this story from the perspective of how we can apply it. If it doesn't mean anything to you, then what's the point? So let me try to get us some application. We now have two different tribes that have been set for scattering. We saw them, the Simeonites and the Levites. They've both been prophesied to be scattered. But the Simeonite tribe is going to lose its identity while the Levite tribe being stationed around the land to serve as priests they're going to keep their identity because they're stationed as priests all over the place. One tribe loses its identity. One tribe keeps its identity. Both were prophesied to be scattered. So why do the Levites, from this perspective, seem to have a little more favor somewhat in their scattering than what the Simeonites are getting? Why? Why do the Levites get to have their identity and their service to God as priests while the Simeonites seem to dissolve away. 
with their own inheritance? Why, why is one going to just kind of go and one gets to stay? This has to do with the time when Israel made a golden calf in the desert and said, this is our God that brought us out of Egypt. This is, this is long before they entered the land. And they built this calf and it made everybody go nuts. Everybody went crazy and they just went sin crazy. Party. And I want to take you to that time real quick. Exodus 32. So they made the calf and they're going nuts now. Now when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of who? Levi. All the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. And he said to them, just Levites here, and he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from entrance to entrance throughout the camp and let every man kill his brother, every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. Then Moses said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord that he may bestow on you a blessing this day. That was the Levites that did that. The Levites were the only tribe that stepped up and said, you know what? We got to start doing things right. We got to do things right. Of all the tribes, it was only the Levites. But this time they drew their weapons in righteous obedience rather than in unrighteous murder like they did for the Shechemites. Very different scenario here. And so Jacob's prophecy for the Simeonites and the Levites to be scattered throughout the land was indeed fulfilled because he said, Levites and Simeonites, you have to be scattered. That prophecy had to be fulfilled or else God can't keep a promise, right? But the Levites, as we know, they turned themselves around from sin. Here's the dang moment. They turned and said, we're not going to draw our swords and kill like that anymore. We're doing it for righteous things, as Moses commanded. They turned themselves around from sin. And although Jacob's prophecy had to be carried out on both tribes, we do see in chapter 21 that the Lord blessed the Levites with rest. Even though they did get scattered, they were blessed with the rest. They were delivered from all their enemies into their hands. And that's better than what the other tribes had gotten, because in previous chapters, we read that the other tribes, they either did not, could not, or would not deal with their enemies. Remember, they got their inheritance, but they still had Canaanites, or they got their inheritance, and they still had this other enemy. They could not, would not, or they refused to deal with the enemy. The Levites had success. The Lord God gave them all their enemies into their hands. The Levites were blessed, even though the scattering prophecy had to go down. The Levites found peace. So let's consider these two different tribes now. Both tribes were under a curse, but only one tribe was able to find its identity in God and use that identity for God's service while at the same time finding peace. You know who this sounds like? It sounds like me. It sounds like you. These two tribes can represent two different kinds of people. Two different kinds of people. Both people are sinners, and both are scheduled for being scattered into lostness. But one who turns around, one of them turns around and repents, God can still use that repentant person in kingdom service. Our sin 
has caused all of us to be scattered into places that we never wanted to go. But even though you've been shoved into this place because of your sin, because of the curse of sin, even though you've been put into this scenario, God can still use you where you are, despite what you've done in the past, so that you can go out and proclaim the name of the Lord. Now, I think Joseph explained it very well. I think he summed it up real well to his brothers who sold him off into slavery. He said in Genesis 50 and 20, he said, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. I see that in the Levites. They messed up. And we have, a, we have the other tribe to compare to. Both tribes messed up. But one tribe turned around and started getting it right. And God says, even though I have to keep that, that curse on you of scattering, I'm going to use where it takes you to use it for me. God used it for good. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. So even though our sin has caused us to be scattered, God can still use you. Your sin has scattered you to lost places. God can still use you if you'll just turn around and repent and start doing things right in obedience to God. He can use you to position all of us for great kingdom service. He can still give us peace. You can still have it. He can still give us victory over our enemies, and He can still keep your identity with Him, just like He did for the Levites. That's the dang moment that I found. We're going to do communion now. I want want us to consider some things about communion real quick. Jesus Christ had to go die a horrific death for us. The Romans mastered the art of crucifixion to make it as painful as humanly possible. To use all the weak points of the body, they studied anatomy. They studied pressure points. And they made crucifixion to be as slow and as painful as they could possibly make it to inflict as much pain as they could on the victim. But one thing we got to remember is what would have taken you and I an eternity to pay for in hell. Jesus paid for all at once, all in one day on the cross, so that you don't have to. He went through tremendous suffering so that the suffering could leave you, so that it could go to Him. What we need to remember is that condemnation was scheduled for us. And there are two people. There are two different kinds of people. There are those who are going to turn and start doing God's way, God's kingdom service the right way. They're going to repent, and they're going to start doing right. And then there are those who won't. It's only the ones that turn around and start doing right that God is going to hand them victory over their enemies that's going to grant them peace, that's going to give them the privilege of being priests' service in the kingdom of God, to do actual work in the kingdom for God. So although that curse had to be carried out, that scattering had to happen, you repent and get right with God, He can use you even though your sin has taken you to a bad, bad place. He can still use you right where you are, just like He did for the Levites. And so we're remembering what Jesus did for us, that through His blood, He came and 
died in our place so that the condemnation that was scheduled for you leaves you upon your belief and goes back 2,000 years to Jesus Christ on the cross and falls on Him so that He dies with it so that you don't have to. And that He rose again so that you can rise with Him. It's a really, really, really good deal. So as we enter into communion, let's remember what the Lord has done for us. In Luke 22, when the hour hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is set for you. Father, we thank you so much for what you have done for us, Lord God. We do this proclaiming your death till you come. Father, forgive us. Father, let us be like that one tribe of the Levites that decided we're not going to draw our weaponry in anger. We're going to do what you gave us. We're going to draw our swords of the word in obedience. We're going to use it for your kingdom service. We're going to do right as you command. And Lord, you granted them repentance. You granted them peace. You granted them victory. You granted them service that they could do. Let us be like the Levites, Lord God. Don't let us... Lord, may everyone decide to repent and take that route rather than just dissolve off and away into the world. Keep us as your people. Keep our identity. We know our responsibility first is to repent and come to you. I thank you for it, Father God, that you gave us the story in Joshua 21. I pray everyone received it and they understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray that uh, that we got it, that somebody went ding today and somebody got it and they realized that the, the, way, the way they're going, they need to turn some things around. They need to change some things because they see now there is either lostness and unrepentance or there is peace and success and victory in turning around and doing your will. Lord, leave it with them. Lord, I did my best. Lord, the rest I leave with you and them. You do the real work, Lord God. I just spoke is all I did. Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit of God, I ask you, bring understanding, bring the conviction, bring all those things that I can't do to each individual here and the people that they know so they can carry it out to them. And Lord, change and draw your people. We thank you for it, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. You're not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.